All right, here we are. We are going to do our best, as Chris told me before we went live. We're doing our best. We are the Ballhawks podcast here, presented by the Dean Blundell Network. Um, some of you might be tuning in right now. Some of you might be finishing up uh, the, I want to say snooze fest, just because the Broncos are a part of it. Not very high scoring. It seems to be kind of a theme with the Broncos this year. Um once you're done with that game, jump on with us. Uh, if you're here following us or watching this on Twitter, just remember you cannot comment. Uh, you can watch. That's cool. If you want to comment, join us on our YouTube channel or our Facebook page, and you can get in those comments, ask us some questions, jump in on the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. I'm your host for tonight, Steve Fisher. You can find me on Twitter at SSFisher87 and... For a record-breaking, I don't even know what number we are, Chris. I still find it kind of weird that we're on season two. Like, there's a whole season of us, and people are like, "Hey, you guys should come back for season two. But I'm joined by my co-host Chris Phillips. What's happening today, dude? And more importantly, we're joined by Cookies Be Good. Our friend <laughs> over on YouTube is back for another another episode of the Ballhawks <laughs> podcast. Uh, happy to be here. Uh, like Steve said, we're going to do our best, uh, tonight. I'm going to do my best to stay awake. Um, I, I was watching this Monday night football game and, uh, was, was fighting off the old nap demons on, on, on the couch. Um, surprised, sure. surprised if, if we didn't have the podcast, I'm 100% sure my wife would have been telling me to go to bed. Oh yeah. We were talking about this just before jumping on air. Do you ever do the thing where you're sleeping on the couch it's usually sideways and you're facing towards the ledge of the couch and you just happen to lean a little too much and your brain and your body says you're about to die right now and you do this big jump and catch yourself from imminent death that one to me is the absolute worst i i did that while almost falling asleep on the couch but i was sitting up so i was just i don't know <laughs> catching myself from slumping all the way over i i don't i don't know man it was uh, so scary. Like you, you, after you do the little like jump and like catch yourself and your heart's racing, you're like, Oh my goodness. Like that's what I was scared of. Like some, yeah. some guy on the internet posted himself punching and kicking a bear off of a cliff as he was climbing. And we're concerned. <laughs> we're concerned with almost falling towards the side of the couch or slumping down too much. That guy is nuts by the way. Yeah, Mama Bear uh, was protecting her cub, but uh, man, could you imagine you're climbing a mountain and all of a sudden a bear's just jumping at you? Look, as, to... the, as the one person from this podcast that actually goes on and hunts all the time, I couldn't imagine having my rifle sighted in crosshairs on the bear and it running towards me. I would poop my pants still, um, let alone trying to climb up a mountain, which... I've done some rock climbing before. It's tough as it is. And then trying to punch and kick a bear from ripping you off said mountain. Um, good for that guy. What a flex. Like not only on the bear, but like on the rest of us peasants who are napping on the couch while he's fighting <laughs> bears with his bear. Hands. Hey, hey man, I, I was fighting bears too. Yeah, like those metaphorical bears as teddy bears. Oh yeah. There you go. Fighting off those teddy bears. They can get you sometimes. Oh, you know. yeah. they, they get um, you real good. 
I have a question for Cookies Be Good here because Cookies Be Good has joined us for every single episode of season two. What's the most underrated cookie? You can take some time to think of it. Jump in there at any time. Um, we've had a cookie chat on every single episode in season two, and I would love to keep this going uh, for the entirety of the season. So while Cookies is thinking of their most underrated cookie, um, one of the funniest things I saw in the NFL all weekend, uh, I didn't actually watch a ton of football. Uh, we had our, our, our baseball playoffs with our, our buds from playoffs. Playoffs. How'd you guys do? Uh, we did really well. Uh, our, our, our boys from that helps no one fantasy cast, uh, Ted and Ryan. Um, we won our first match. We lost the second one. And so normally you go into like a consolation bracket, right? You can kind of work your way. It was a double elimination style tournament. Usually you can work your way back up and try it. No, we got one more guaranteed game after that. It was like you lose and then you just get a final game. And we won that game and we're like, well, that's kind of anticlimactic ending to the season. A fun fact for you, we might be the only team to ever lose one game in two consecutive playoffs and not win anything for it. <laughs> That's how our spring season ended as well. And so we're I, kind of I, whole, uh, yeah. lose one game and, and not win anything. But I, I was talking to the person who was making the schedule and it sounds like there was a lot of teams and not a lot of fields to play on. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but yeah. it's fun that, you know, we've talked about it before. Rec sports when you're an adult, try not to get hurt. Have some good times in the meantime. I did one of those two things. My back is killing me today like an old man. That's old so, age. That's yeah. old age. Try not to get hurt. Don't get into a fight. Um, <laughs> those are like the, the two main things of rec sports. Yeah. I will definitely not be fighting in rec sports. That, <laughs> that is on the last of my agenda. It would take I. Yeah, I, yeah, it, yeah. Chris, your PR person is telling you don't say any more words right now. I just, you know, I'm usually pretty good in soccer, like because it is co-ed, so it, it does help me dial it down. But there are a few occasions where I've just, uh, I don't know, thrown You're caution, thrown caution. I we've talked about it. I see someone go at one of my teammates and I just, I lose my cool instantly. Yeah. There's like those, those triggers that, that will get to you almost every single time. Yeah. Unwritten uh-huh. rules. And one of them is going after a teammate and all of a sudden you've got the smallest guy out there in your face. <laughs> <laughs> do what you got to do both in soccer and lacrosse, but in lacrosse fighting is actually legal. So right. A little I, weird. You, yeah. I mean, you touch somebody in soccer and they fall over, let alone chuck bombs. Man, so we were playing. Uh, so actually speaking of that. So last week, uh, last Tuesday, we were playing. And like I said, it, it's co-ed. And one of the guys on, on the team that we were playing against was, I don't know, like just just outside the box and like went to go take a shot. And as he went to kick the ball, one of my female teammates like went to kick the ball as well. And I don't know if like they both hit the ball at the same time or if her foot collided with his foot or what happened, but he went down, like he got shot like on his back, rolling around, like hands covering his 
face, like wailing in pain. Oh, and I like I went to my team and I'm like, did you just kill a guy? <laughs> she's, and she's like walking around like totally fine, like not sore. And she's like, I know, right? I'm like, what is that? Like, I get it. We're playing soccer, but come on, man. <laughs> All you can think of is that Simpsons meme where he's like, he's already dead. Yeah. <laughs> Peter Griffin family guy is just like, just, ah. The old shin kick. Ah, yeah. I mean, it, that makes it, sense. Shin kicks are nasty. Yeah, it was, uh, it, he was milking it the rest of the game. Even at the end of the game, like in the handshake line, he's still limping. Oh, my ankle, it's, it's sore and he's limping around. I'm like, man, come on. Like, yeah. Uh, speaking of sticking up for your teammates, uh, the, the funny thing that I was going to mention or the thing that I thought was the funniest was Tom Brady screaming at his offensive lineman uh, right before the half. But it wasn't it wasn't the fact that Tom Brady was yelling at his offensive lineman. The caption in it from I don't even I can't remember who put it there. It was something like I didn't leave my wife to be losing to Kenny effing Pickett at halftime. And I was dying like or Brady <laughs> comes back loses his wife or looks like they're on their way to that uh to make another run at a Super Bowl and cement his legacy further and uh, is just getting beat up on by the crappy Steelers and Kenny Pickett um oh the Chargers won yeah you, uh, you can tell who has a TV in their podcast studio. <laughs> Yeah, who's who just podcasts, staring at blank wall? Who podcasts in their basement and not in an office? Um, actually, it was a pretty funny way that it ended. Um, the Chargers punted the ball, and the Broncos called for the fair catch. And there was another Broncos player right in front of the the return man. And right as the ball came, the Chargers player pushed the one Broncos player like just enough to distract the return guy. So he like fell backwards. The ball hit his leg, and the Chargers recovered recovered the fumble. Oh man! Yeah. Anyways, Chargers win. That's great. That's Sweet. great. Bolt. Helps the Seahawks. Bolt. Um, Does it? I mean, yeah. Well, because the Seahawks have the Broncos' first round pick. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll get to that later this episode. I, I can promise you that. Um. How about you and I both have been a big fan of Sauce Gardner coming out of uh, college and now what he's doing in the NFL. He might be a top five NFL cornerback already. Did you see him running around Lambeau Field with a cheese head on after beating Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? I, I saw Sauce Gardner making a little cheese sauce in Green Bay, running around with the cheese head on there. Yeah. Um, I think he had a pick six in that game, but I wasn't. I, I was flipping channels. I, I think it ended, I ended think up getting called right. back on. Pe- I think it got called back on a penalty though. Yeah, I, I saw something about that. I was obviously, you know, at baseball playoffs, but I heard something about that as well. Did you see as he was going into the tunnel? There was a Packers player. I think I read that it was like Alan Lazard or something like that, who actually smacked the cheese head off of his head as he was walking by. Uh, I don't know for, for me I know this has been talked about so many times and in, in baseball actually it's it's kind of a big topic once again is kind of like the showmanship of it like what is too much showboating and what's good for the game so for me I think this is awesome like you go into enemy territory you beat a team that 
nobody had the Jets winning that game, or maybe very, very um, few, like less than ten. Cor- you- correction: the Ballhawks podcast had the Jets winning that game last week. Oh, did you? We both did. I can't remember last week. Oh, I'm also trying to just stay awake here, Chris. Check the, check the tape, folks. Check the tape. I probably did, but very few people had. I believe, I believe during the skies falling, we uh, we did. Because wasn't your skies falling that the Packers missed the playoffs? Oh, that's where it was. Okay. Yeah. yeah I remember that now. Look at us. We're smart-ish. So SMRT. Like we say smart things and then we forget we say them and we're like, what? I said that. Oh, okay, cool. Um, I love it. I love the so- showmanship of it. Um, I, yeah, keep doing that kind of stuff. You're in enemy territory. Uh, he kind of has that demeanor of him that he wants to be, you know, the rebel everywhere he goes. He wants to piss other fans off. And his play can back it up. So why not do it? I say good for him. It's it's harmless. It's fun. It gets people talking, but also good for Alan Lazard for knocking it off his head. Because like, yeah, That's you should want to, right? Like you should want to stick up for your your home turf and, and your home team. So like, I, I think both sides. I I have no no problem with what either side did. And the best part about sports is you can kind of be the showman and someone can be like, no, like don't do that in our stadium. And it just ends there. Like there's no, like it doesn't boil over into something further. Like I'm sure Alan Lazard could have stopped and like wrestled him for the cheese head or like made a big stink about it, but it was just like smack it off his head to like, let him know, like you're not doing that in our building kind of idea. Uh, well, it's, like, it's like the old uh, TO celebration in uh, in Dallas when he went and stood in the center of, of, of the star at the 50 yard line after scoring a touchdown. Yep. And then the Cowboys um, like later in the game, I, I can't remember if they scored a touchdown or if like one of their defenders had an interception or w- whatever it was, but he runs up to the 50 yard line and he plants the ball. Like, like, no, like this is our house. Yeah. And, and NTO scores another touchdown and goes to go back to the star. And then yeah. that's when that's when the, the, the fight started. <laughs> yeah. Everything ensued. Uh, so the big news this morning, I guess if we rewind to yesterday, Robbie Anderson, formerly of the Carolina Panthers, was sent to the locker room. Was that right? Did I read that right? He was he was sent yeah. to the locker room for basically getting up in his wide receiver coach's face and screaming at him. And I don't know why guys have to do this. Like you're already uh, you've already requested a trade. The whole world knows you've requested a trade. Like at least show your next team that you are a team guy and that you know, you're going to be useful. I guess it didn't actually matter because um, the Cardinals picked him up. Obviously the news was uh, Hollywood Brown has a pretty bad foot injury. I think they're talking about maybe he's got a second opinion and he's going to be out six weeks. And so the Cardinals traded, I think it was like two late round picks to acquire Robbie Anderson, uh, from the Carolina Panthers. I don't know if it's that big of a story. Like, 
I'm guessing for Ravens fans, because they want every wide receiver that comes out, it's going to be like, oh my gosh, Eric DaCosta didn't go and get him when he was available for a seventh and a sixth round pick or whatever the hell it was. Um, I mean, he, he steps into a pretty good situation where he steps into Arizona and he immediately becomes the number two wide receiver in that system. Yeah. And I mean, that that's a pretty good spot to land in because DeAndre Hopkins is going to take a lot of the focus um, when he comes back for the Thursday night game against New Orleans, right? As he should. Um, I mean, th- the guy's an absolute no-brainer wide receiver one. Um, so it, it gives him a lot of, a lot of opportunity. I mean, it's, it, he has proven in the past that he's, he's not a bad receiver. He, he was pretty good with, uh, with the jets. He had some spurts with the Panthers. I don't know what happened with, with the coach this weekend or even just this season. Like obviously there's some philosophical differences there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised to see him turn his season around. Yeah. I- it's a it's a great spot for him, obviously. Uh, if I, I guess if the Cardinals can actually utilize him well, it seems like not a lot is going on in Arizona right now, which I'm sure you're going to talk about. I won't steal any of that thunder, but um, of all the places, I'm I think that's a really good spot for him to go to. Um, Cookies be good uh, is. is- chiming in here on youtube um asking what's our favorite team uh, um so i thanks for tuning in uh every week of season two here cookies be good but uh i am uh clearly uh, i mean you can't really see it the the, the lights shining on it but seahawks fan here man oh, i thought you were gonna say michael crabtree fan all i can see is really the crabtree look of it <laughs> oh there it is i'm pretty sure mine is a a dead giveaway as a ravens fan here uh chris sunday night football the eagles edge out cooper rush in the dallas cowboys to stay undefeated like i already said i I can't remember you know yesterday what was your prediction was it 13 and 0 before you before the Eagles were it was somewhere around like 13 somewhere I think I had them losing the 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 road matchup to the Cowboys is is the one I think I had them losing okay so after I don't know if you watched any of it but how confident are you in your prediction after yesterday's game I didn't watch it any of it but super confident because <laughs> <laughs> they're finding ways to win <laughs> because ignorance is bliss and I don't know how that I I don't think I've seen a single second of any Eagles game this year actually but uh but obviously they are I mean from my understanding Darius Slay is playing phenomenal their entire defense is playing really well Jalen Hurts is putting it all together I mean he's got two fantastic uh wide receivers and Devonte smith and aj brown which how dumb did the tennessee titans look right now uh just dumping aj brown um ter- terrible move on, on on their uh behalf but uh yeah uh, no I'm, I'm i'm still fairly confident so maybe this will be the uh the tony romo call of the season w- what a freak that guy is like what an absolute freak that he calls the scores of the games before they, you know, even get played. Yeah. 
Cookies be good. Saying Superstore cookies so underrates. Okay, like hopefully there's like, like a flavor because I I haven't been like, to Superstore in a long time. But I'm guessing there's like all of know, them or just like the chocolate chip kind. Or I'm actually gonna try uh, for the month of November. I'm gonna try my grocery shopping at a different grocery store for the month to see if it saves me money. Really? I shop at the most expensive grocery store in town. So save on foods. You got it. <laughs> Man, I'm good at this game. Uh, okay, one more around the NFL, and then we will get to our own teams here. Uh, Cam Akers trade talks. They are, I don't know. It seems like on fr- like last Friday, I think it was, you know, Cam Akers is likely to be traded. He's probably played his last game for the Rams. And then you think it's like, okay, where is he going to go? And there's all these, he's going to go here. This team has interest. Um, doesn't get traded over the weekend. And in, there's still this kind of feeling that he's played his last game for the Rams. So like, Apparently, this was like a a philosophical difference or a a difference of opinions with the offense in some way. I don't even know what's going on. Like, it seems so wild. Sean McVay was like super cryptic in his messaging to the the media, right? Like, he was like, like we're we're trying to keep it in-house. We're trying to keep it private right now. But you guys will all know about it soon enough type thing. And then and, I think it was I think it was Josina Anderson that like came out and said it was like philosophical differences. Well, again, whatever that means, like that's still a pretty cryptic message in itself. Um, but like you and I were talking about, like who has who has a need for a running back right now? Like, I'm I'm trying to run through through the teams in my like Chicago, maybe Tampa. I like, mean, Khalil Herbert looks good there. Yeah, but like good David Montgomery is back. Like they make a good one two punch. I know there was talks about like um you know when when Matt Rule was fired, Christian McCaffrey is like on the trade block kind of idea, and it was like, Oh, the Buffalo Bills are gonna go after him. Um yeah, I, I was I was trying to think of this. I I don't know of a team that is so desperately in need of a running back, but here's a kid who's young who's still under rookie contract for what three more years i'm not sure but he's only 23 right like is there not a team that could take a flyer on a kid like this to kind of solidify their team maybe the dolphins i don't know maybe it maybe the saints i mean camara how old is alvin camara now like 27 yeah right like Maybe just yeah, a... there's just to me there's no obvious answer as to like what team would go out and like immediately grab for him. Um, in my opinion, it's got to be a team that's making a push, you know, for the playoffs. Um, maybe they want uh, you know a strong backup behind like a lead guy, like maybe Tennessee wants. I was a just going to say maybe maybe Tennessee. Tennessee. Uh, maybe the Colts with Jonathan Taylor Thomas being, you know, nicked up. Very strange. Um, Christopher, I am actually going to give you the first crack at our teams. <laughs> you still have the Jonathan Taylor Thomas heart. <laughs> I do. 
Um, I, I would like to start these, you know, these rundowns of our team in a more positive way. And I'm, I'm still collecting myself to have a positive take on what the Ravens did this week. So Christopher, I am going to you first. I, I like how we're going in a, uh, in a pattern here of, of basically whoever's team one gets to go first. So who, okay. We should, we should do that going forward. I yeah, didn't even doing that but okay yeah that, that's the that's the way it's gone the last uh i guess three weeks now so um i guess you know spoiler alert seahawks one um seahawks 19 card cardinals nine uh in i mean you can almost say like a, a a disappointing matchup like in the sense that everyone was expecting this to be just fireworks just offensive fireworks back and forth I mean, we, we saw the Seahawks and Lions game. We saw the Seahawks and Saints game. We, everyone was expecting much of the same with, you know, the Cardinals and their, um, you know, fast pace, high tempo offense, Kyler Murray. Uh, and then, you know, with the way Geno's been playing as well. But there's, some, there's something about these Seahawks and Cardinals matches that just never make any damn sense. And I thought maybe without Russell with Russell being uh out of town, I thought maybe that would change this year, but clearly it hasn't. Uh these are still super, super bizarre matchups. Um, and it ended up with one total offensive touchdown in the entire game for both teams. And that was uh my man, Mr. Kenneth Walker the third, with his yeah. second career touchdown. The man had 110 total yards uh in the game 97 rushing yards uh looked every bit the part of an rb1 three down workhorse running back uh i know dj dallas spelled him a couple times came in uh you know an obvious like super like third and long type situations um but yeah kenneth walker looked phenomenal he was breaking tackles he was breaking ankles uh there was one one play late in the game. Like I thought for sure he was going to get tackled like for like a three or four yard loss. Somehow he turned it into a one yard game. So um, clearly he's showing why the Seahawks drafted him and why they drafted him in the second round. I know how many people were, were confused and even uh, angry that the Seahawks wa- wasted air quote uh, that type of draft capital on a running back when they had Rashad Penny, who of course, I mean, don't get me wrong, the, the, the five games that uh, he ended the season with last year were phenomenal. And uh, I I was also questioning the Kenneth Walker pick. Um, but we all know Penny has injury history. He has trouble staying on the field. Uh, and not just that. I mean, as a 1A, 1B type situation, I think of his best case scenario. And Rashad was also only on, only on a one-year deal. So I don't think he was in Seattle's long-term plans regardless. Um, you want to say something like, there? Odd, yeah. How oddly similar our teams have been since we started doing this podcast. Like there are so many unbelievable parallels to what our teams are doing, even though they couldn't be in two, you know, different trajectories in terms <laughs> of Ravens are kind of Super Bowl bound right now. Like they're they're assembling a team together to get to the Super Bowl. Seahawks more of a rebuild, but same thing the Ravens also spent a waste of a pick on a running back in the second round when they already had established runners 
it just goes to show you that you pick up weapons wherever you can pick up weapons. They're like, you just can't get enough of these guys because it's such a week to week league, you know, year to year, the teams look different. Um, and thankfully I listen to you when you're talking because in my other league, uh, I drafted Kenneth Walker kind of late. I'm in a rebuild kind of mode there. And man, do I look good now. I have, <laughs> I have my keepers set for next year. They're looking good. Uh, and J.K. Dobbins and Kenneth Walker are two of those guys that I'm keeping. Man, how Kenneth Walker fell to me in our fantasy league at 12th overall, I don't know. But I'll take it. In Thank my you. in my defense, I oh, picked Brees Hall first overall. Yeah, you had first overall. I didn't have a pick until like the third round after that. So right, but I, I took Kenneth I, I'm Walker. Not Everyone else uh, in our league is stupid. Yeah, I took Kenneth. Well, especially in a league where there is a premium on rookies, and I somehow ended up with one of the best rookie running backs with the last pick in the first round. Yeah. Meanwhile, guys like. You know, like I, I was watching the first round, and you know, like Allen Robinson went in the first round, and <laughs> I was like, "I'll nicknamed him." In our no. sleeper, you can go in and you can like give players nicknames. I think he nicknamed him Crap Hands. <laughs> oh, I, I I did see the one he has for Russell Wilson. It's uh, Russell Wilson's nickname is Dumb Baby. <laughs> 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 but like I. I, I saw him go. I saw Josh Jacobs go um, before Ken. As a, Mike Evans was another one, I think, that way. Yeah, well, those ones stood out for me because I had both Jacobs and Allen Robinson on my team last yeah. year, and I didn't. I chose not to keep them. I didn't think they were going to be first-round picks this year. I thought, like, oh, like maybe I'll like be able to scoop exactly. them back up late type thing. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, for me, for me, which you and I have discussed this in the past, like, in in a league where you get to keep at least one rookie, there's a premium on, on those players, and I'm focusing on on rookies in the first round every year. Um, speaking of, of of rookies, speaking of the uh, 2022 NFL draft and and the Seahawks taking Kenneth Walker in the second round, let's just talk about the Seahawks 2022 draft class. Like, man, it's it's looking good. Like, hats off to John Schneider and Pete Carroll, man. They absolutely nailed it. And I, I probably said it last week. I probably said it the week before that. I'm going to keep saying it because this is their best draft class that they've had in probably 10 years with, I mean, Charles cross is already playing phenomenal. Abe Lucas looks awesome. So you, you found your bookend tackles in the same draft. Kenneth Walker is like, I, I, I texted our, our group chat with the PP one guys being like Kenneth Walker is him. And, yeah, uh, and he looks every, good. every bit of the part. Um, Kobe Bryant with his fourth forced fumble on the season already. Um, th- this past week, he forced a fumble on Kyler Murray and Tariq Woolen. Like Mike, like he is playing at an all pro level as a rookie, if he's not in the driver's seat for defensive rookie of the year, I, I don't know who is because he's got four yeah. interceptions already. He's the first rookie cornerback to have four interceptions in his first six games since 2001. Um, he's just like, he's again, like the, the immeasurables, the six, four, four, two, 40. Like he just, he hasn't allowed a touchdown all season. He, and 
they got him in the fifth round. The fifth round? Like, w- when you say that they had an all-time draft, when we're thinking of premium positions, like outside of quarterback, we know that is the premium position. You need to get your quarterback, um, which is kind of funny. A lot of people had... Um, oh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Who's the quarterback they had linked to the Seahawks, even in the first round? Um, went to the Titans. Oh, uh, Malik Willis. Malik Willis, thank you. Uh, you know, that that's the premium position. But somehow, they doubled up on what I would consider are the other two premium positions outside of quarterback, which is offensive tackle, doubled up within the first three rounds. Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. Like if you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100%. She struck him on the back of his head with a frying pan, almost killing him and was hospitalized for a severely fractured skull. She fractured his skull. She fractured his skull. Wow. So the movie Tangled was right. Frying pans are dangerous. They are. He feels like he is totally justified in the murder that he commits. Even after he's convicted, he feels justified. Oh, yeah. To this day. That's a confident dirtbag right there. That's right. He believes that his victim had it coming. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirtbags that live among us. And the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. Come on, let's go to the blue hole. The podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares. It's for the open-minded, the pleasure seeker. It's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests, Blue Hotel Hotline, and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd. And then doubled up by round five. Um, since we're speaking of the draft class, how does Boy Mafe look? Because I had him targeted as like a first round pick. They they stole him in the early second. How does how has he looked? Um, his snap percentage is still quite low, so he hasn't really he hasn't really stood out. Um, yeah. Daryl Taylor finally showed up this week, which was nice to see. But yeah, Boy uh, Mafe uh, hasn't. Hasn't done much. And and I was going to say like one of the other, you know, premium positions in the NFL is edge rusher. And, and we're still waiting for, uh, for Mafe to, to become, you know, what I guess Seattle expect him to be. Cause uh, I think he was Seattle's other second round pick, if I'm not mistaken. Like I think they went, I think they went him and Kenneth Walker back to back and then Abe in the third. Yeah. So like that's pretty good. Like, yeah. Doubling up on two premium positions is, and uh, like 
not because they had, you know, four or five picks in the first, you know, 50 players. Like they, they had some higher picks in like Charles cross, but like hitting on those fourth, fifth round picks, that's when you start nailing drafts and you're right. They've absolutely nailed the draft. Yeah. Well, and like Kobe Bryant, I mean, he's battle tested because he was the guy that played opposite of sauce Gardner. Yeah. So everyone's avoiding sauce. And so Kobe Bryant, I mean, he faced a lot of receivers and a lot of quarterbacks and he basically had to play the entire game because sauce Gardner was just locking down the other side. Right. It's, it's like the old Seahawks system where, Sherman would lock down the other side and whoever the other guy was had to, you know, do his job the entire game. So it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super happy with the rookie, super impressed with, with, uh, with how, how they're doing. Um, you know, obviously Geno Smith still looking phenomenal. He's, uh, he's being, he's not doing, again, he's not playing outside of himself. He's doing what is asked of him. He's doing what's expected of him. He's being safe. He's being efficient. He's making plays where he needs to, uh, you know, th- th- this game against Arizona is probably the most that I've seen him scramble all season. Um, and, and he looked good doing it. He looked fast. He looked decisive. He knew where he was going. He knew what he was doing. Um, which can we just discuss for a second? How are we already six weeks into the season? I know it feels like it just started. Like we're a third of the way into the season already. Um, Yeah. And uh, even, even defensively Seattle, like I said, they didn't give up a, a a touchdown to the Cardinals offense. The only touchdown the Cardinals had was on special teams. Um, Yeah. It was on a, I guess, I guess blocked punt. I give it, I don't know. It was a cluster cluster in the end zone. Dixon was trying to punt out of the end zone. He, I don't know. He dropped it. It got, cause you, I don't know. It was anyways. Um, they had a couple sacks. Puna Ford looked good. Like I said, uh, previously Daryl Taylor looked good. Um, they reduced Cody Barton snaps um, down. He, he only played 39% of the snaps on defense, which I think was good. Um, he's, he's proven that uh, he, he, doesn't need shouldn't be a full-time player there was a few confusing things like they had uh uchenna nuosu dropping back into coverage and i know they're playing a three four system and and nuosu is technically a linebacker and therefore you know if he's in a linebacker position he should be expected to drop into coverage but he was signed to rush the passer don't drop him into coverage put another linebacker on the field to do that stuff that's not that's not his job that's not not what he's there to do um, but yeah, I was, like I said, two, uh, two defensive turnovers. Uh, I don't even know how many yards Kyler Murray had a hundred rushing yards, which was ridiculous. I don't know how many yards passing he had, but it, uh, all things are looking okay. Seahawks are sitting at 500, three and three. They're, uh, tied for first in their division still with the Rams and the 49ers. Uh, I mean, they're, they're, in a position that nobody expected them to be. Nobody expected them to be 500 pushing for, for their division. Uh, you know, can they keep it up for what's that? The NFC West is theirs. <laughs> well, not, can they, can they keep it up? Like, I, I don't know. And, you know, is, is this, is this parody in the league or is this like what Tom Brady is saying a couple weeks ago, or it's just, he's watching a lot of bad football, which I mean, that may be the case too, but I don't know. It's, uh, you know, Pete's obviously done a good job of coaching these guys up and, 
and you know they, they maybe they have that nobody believes in us backs against the wall and and you know nothing to lose men- mentality so it, it's it's working for them i i hope they keep it going um you know it's uh we'll, we'll rely on uh denver's draft pick being high enough for us to find the quarterback of the future and we'll use our own first round pick later in the first round to find a, a premier edge rusher or something yeah that's just wild that denver's first round pick could be a top 10 pick for them and the Seahawks could be pushing for like an end of the first round pick who these are things I never thought I would have said even at the start of this season let alone last year um yeah well, six weeks into it yeah um I, I would also like to say if you are following our other show that we do Tuesday night so you can catch us uh here I think Quarter after eight as well on Tuesday nights, I think is roughly the time. Around um, there. Last week, you would have heard me say that my sneaky, I don't know how sneaky it really was. He hasn't been performing like I thought he would this year. But I did say to Ryan, and he put it in his article, to bet on Zacherts this week because the Seahawks love to give up points, uh, especially to tight ends. He did okay. He got seven catches, 70 yards. Um, he was targeted 10 times, so I, I feel like I'm, I'm vindicated in, in that alone. So. And Ky- Kyler just missed him on a touchdown. Oh, did he? Yeah. Damn. That would have been the yeah. – so I lost our I, – I just looked. Um, I lost our fantasy matchup by less than three points. I, I blame you, Zach Ertz. I lost by a lot, I think. I don't know. Yep, yeah, I did um, speaking of teams that aren't that great, let's talk about the Ravens for a couple minutes here. <laughs> here is a team who just can't seem to figure things out at all. Um, our our friend who we had on last season, Sarah Ellison, formerly of the Baltimore Ravens.com, uh, tweeted out the Ravens have trailed for a total of 120 seconds through six weeks of football, 120 seconds of football they have trailed for in six games, and the Ravens are three and three. Um, I, I don't even know how to begin with these things. Um, there's another graphic out there that's going around where um, it, it shows the three losses and the amount of points they were up at the time. So against Miami, they were up 35-14 to 14 with 12-18 left to go in the fourth quarter. They lost that game uh, 42-38. Head scratch, right? Okay, that's a one-off, right? Nope. They were up 20-3 to three against the Buffalo Bills with 13 seconds left in the half, and they ended up losing the game 23-20. Starting to see a pattern here. They don't like to score a lot towards the end of games. They were up 20 to 10 in the fourth quarter against the Giants this past week with 604 to go in the fourth quarter and they lost 24 to 20. I so out of those 3 games, they had a full half to play. They had 1218 left in the fourth quarter and 604 left in the fourth quarter and out of all 3 of those games, they managed to score uh 3 points. Three points in basically three quarters worth of football. 
towards the end of it. Um, there's no excuse for this. Um, I, I don't even know where to begin with these late season or sorry, late game collapses. I mean, a field goal one way or the other is winning you games, but they are finding uh, weird ways to shoot themselves in the foot. Um, I don't know how accurate this is, but I, I did see somewhere that Lamar Jackson's passer rating by quarter this season is the first quarter, 97.8%. Pretty good. The second quarter, 114.8, even better. Third quarter, 100.6, keeping in the triple digits there. The fourth quarter, 56.3. So, and I mean, nobody has to tell this guy more than himself. He knows this. There's just no excuses for this for Lamar Jackson. Um, I actually ended up not watching the end of the game. I watched the first half and then went to baseball. Actually, I was watching the first half on the way to baseball. I let my wife drive because she (laughs) loves me and she lets me watch football. Um, but apparently he had a costly interception and, uh, a costly fumble in the fourth quarter, which I did go back and kind of watch on, you know, speed replay on the zone. He's just got to protect the ball. Like you don't even have to be scoring points, but giving the ball away in crucial situations. Um, I know it's like old timers cliche, but whoever wins the turnover battle, usually wins the game because you are giving the other team possessions, especially in other teams, red zones. Like you don't always have to get a touchdown to win games. Right. And he is going to have to answer to that. And he's going to have to figure that out soon. Or uh, the Ravens will not be having Super Bowl aspirations. And um, that mega rich contract is probably looking less and less and less. Um, that that's just the nature of the business. Even though I, I don't think he, he, you look at his body of work over the year and he deserves every penny of it plus some, uh, but we know how the business side of it works and they will try to use every little thing against you. So I have a question. Yeah. Is it Lamar is doing too trying to do too much? Is he trying to prove to everyone that he's mm. a, a, a passing quarterback and not just a scrambling quarterback or is it a lack of weapons? Uh, I mean, that's a great question. I don't necessarily think that he's trying to prove to people that he is a passing quarterback because I think he just is. And I think he knows he is, but I do think he is trying to put the show, like put the team on his shoulders a little too much. Um, I think it was, I was, of course I was watching this on replay really quickly Uh, because I already knew the outcome of the game, but I'm pretty sure it was his fourth quarter interception. He, uh, he kind of scrambles out to his right and the defenders are kind of barreling in on him. And he, uh, he sees Patrick Ricard, a 300 pound fullback sitting about 15 to 20 yards downfield, kind of just like posting up and he throws it right at him. And the DB kind of runs behind Ricard and jumps out and and takes the interception when really he could have just thrown the ball away, right? Like I, he's just going to have to learn when it's okay to try those hail Marys, because you know what, if he makes that pass, the, the fans are like putting him in a whole new folklore, 
right? Like, oh my gosh, this is why Lamar Jackson deserves like unlimited amounts of money. He's like putting the team on his back, but that doesn't work all the time. And you have to know the difference, like maybe throwing to, you know, a 300 pound fullback who doesn't have the greatest receiving skills, like for a 300 pound fullback, he's got some pretty damn good hands, but he's not going to be a guy that, you know, thinks about in those situations, I've got to go run back to the ball to get the ball. So like, maybe if that's your only target in desperation, don't run the risk of throwing that ball, throw it away. Let your, you know, rookie kicker who can punt it over the mountains, pin the other team back and let your defense make a play. Like they were playing well for most of the game that I actually saw. So um, obviously maybe a lack of weapons, but I do think uh, when Rashad Bateman gets back, you will see him get back on, on track. Um, I know there is a lot of talks like they should go get Robbie Anderson. Oh, they should go trade for DJ Moore. I'm okay for that. Like if it happens, great. You can always have more weapons. I think he's got weapons to play with. Um, especially when you factor in Mark Andrews, um, who again had an unreal day. It, it looks like he's repeating his all pro year last year and showing why I believe he is the best tight end in the entire league. Um, even over Travis Kelsey, even though Kelsey has been having some four touchdown games, I still think Mark Andrews is the best tight end in the league. Um, I know you wanted to talk about this one, so I, I will bring this up so we can kind of go into it. Um, I had to find it here while you were talking. Marlon Humphrey decides that he is going to tweet something after the game. And it says, insanity. For the, se- for the oh, second week in a row. For the second week in a row. Insanity. Doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Albert Einstein. Which I, I got a kick out of because that's one, that's one of your favorite quotes. It is my like one of my top favorite quotes because it's so friggin' true. Like you can't expect to be doing the same things over and over and just hoping for different results. You have to prove those results. So obviously, um, I think it was the PA or the PR guys went up to to Harbaugh and was like, Hey, um, do you know that Marlin sent this? And Harbs was basically like, uh, no, I'm basically not cool enough to be on social media. I have no idea what you're talking about. But because um, we were talking about that last week as well, when Marlo sent the tweet last week, and and we were going back and forth, being like, like, does Harbaugh see it himself? Or I think you were like, maybe a PR guy sees it and brings it yeah. to his attention. <laughs> and yeah. clearly, that's what happens. Yeah, because he. So Sarah, you obviously saw this on Sarah Ellison's Twitter. Yeah. It says, John Harbaugh was asked about Marlon Humphrey's cryptic text last night. Quote, PR sent it to me. I looked down and went, uh, okay, I'm sure if he wants me to understand it, he will. So, again, like, do I think it's a big deal? Do I think it's a non-deal? Um, I do think there it is a deal of some sort because there's clear frustration that what they're doing is not working. And he can see that it's not working and things aren't changing. But in terms of, will that be like a big, you know, Robbie Anderson moment where like, he's going to start screaming in Harbs's face. No, because I think we saw that with Marcus Peters losing it on the sideline 
and then coming back and having two incredible games since then. It, Harbs has this way of firing guys up and getting the best out of them uh, because he allows them to be who they are. So if they're pissed off and they're frustrated and they want to tweet it out, I'm sure he probably went to him and said, hey, man, there's better ways to get your opinion across. Like, I'll sit here and listen to you. Let's have like a team meeting. Let's have a players only meeting. You don't necessarily need to do that. Um, but I also don't think the sky is falling with that kind of thing. Um, because my wife brought it up uh, to me while we were driving, I go, oh, great. Another injury. And she goes, oh, is that happening again this year? Well, <laughs> it turns out it is because uh, Morgan Moses, their right tackle, who hadn't missed a game in I don't know how many seasons in a row, um, goes down with a heel injury that is classified as, quote, not serious. Um, I'm sorry, but when you're a tackle and you have to anchor yourself, any sort of foot injury is a serious one to me. Um, it looks like it's not going to be season ending. J.K. Dobbins also had uh, what Coach Harbs classified as his knee tightened up. And so Kenyon Drake had himself a day. Um, for me, obviously, I told you my fantasy team lost. That was part of the reason why. Um, it is nice to see that they are erring on the side of caution with some of these players who are coming back from you know, big knee injuries so that they don't lose them for a second season in a row. Um, some positive news, I guess, going forward with injuries is that uh, Gus Edwards seems to be close to return. Um, I know he gives them that kind of one-two punch. And maybe Kenyon Drake is kind of like a spell-off back when uh, in the early parts here, well, Dobbins and Edwards are still on a bit of a snap count getting healthy. Um, let's see. Uh, last one, and we will move on to our final segment here. Uh, the defense, I thought, Played really well. Chuck Clark filled in for an injured Marcus Williams seamlessly. We all knew he would because he's a leader of the defense. He, he kind of stepped in and had a big day. Uh, the defense got to Daniel Jones, which was nice to see. They didn't have to go super blitz heavy. Uh, Patrick Queen, Travis Jones, Justin Matabike, and Cleus Campbell all had sacks. Patrick Queen, since you know, kind of hearing it from people on Twitter and, and firing back at them. Had another big day. He had a sack. He had a forced fumble. He had five tackles, two assists. It's nice to see him kind of respond to, you know, the critics by showing his play on the field and letting that do the talking for him. Um, all in all, the defense is looking good. Um, you can say it's because I think they're getting a bad rep because the fourth quarter they're collapsing. But is it really them collapsing if, the offense is turning the ball over and putting them back on the field over and over and over. Uh, the Giants have looked good. They're a five and one team and they held them to 24 points. Cincinnati Bengals are one of the biggest powerhouse offenses in the league. They held them to 17 points. The Buffalo Bills are the powerhouse offense team in the league, held them to 23 points. Uh, the defense has been the defense of old. I don't care. It's a points game. You score points. I don't care how many yards they give up or anything like that. When you are only giving up 
you know, 25 or less points to big powerhouse offense teams, I think that's, you know, a big positive to look forward to going into game or sorry, game week seven against the Cleveland Browns. They get to go back home. Um, like you were talking about, you've got to win the division first. This would be a big game uh, going forward. So we are almost at our hour marker. We've been trying to keep the shows to an hour. You know, you and I have sleep to get to and and lives and stuff. We're going to try our new segment. Um, we'll try it for another week, see how it goes. We'll maybe ask for some feedback. Uh, the sky is falling segment. So this is where you and I each pick one item around the NFL to overreact to. And then the other guy has to say, is that an overreaction or is it not an overreaction? And I'm saying this because I'm trying to remind myself since I forgot about it last week with my Packers one that you so nicely <laughs> pointed out for me, Chris. So, Christopher, we have not rehearsed these, we should say. So I don't know what yours is and you don't know what mine is. And I'm really hoping it never comes out that you pick mine. That would be really weird. And I'd have to do some serious scramble mode to to come up with a different one. But what is your sky is falling moment of week well good luck for you i don't really think about it or plan it i just wing it and just say whatever's on whatever comes to mind um lamar jackson you're going here gets his big contract in the offseason but not with baltimore oh you s of a b um zero chance I, I will give that a 0% chance. So so you're saying it's an overreaction. It's a huge, that is the overreaction of overreactions. Give me your like, give me your thought process behind this one. I think he's going to play himself in a position where Baltimore sees an opportunity to move on and get younger in the position. They, they know that they have a good roster. They know that they can get to the Super Bowl, but they also know that once they pay Lamar Jackson, the path to the Super Bowl gets a lot harder. Hmm. And trying to reload some of those weapons to you know, bolster an offensive line, to get a number one wide receiver, to worry about the safety position or whatever, you know, whatever, you know, Marlon Humphrey's not getting any younger. Marcus uh, Peters isn't getting any younger. So, I think he plays himself in a position where Baltimore finds an opportunity to trade him for one of the high draft picks in this upcoming draft to get one of the young quarterbacks coming out of the draft. I mean, after last off season, I, you know what? I'll give it a 1% chance. I'm, I'm, I'm backpedaling on that a little bit after last season. I Because said, I made a good point. Thank you. Never. <laughs> I just did not think the Seahawks were moving on from Russell Wilson. You didn't think it was happening. Um, Tom Brady became a buck. Matthew Stafford became a Ram. Like things like this are not as uncommon as they used to be even, you know, five years ago. So I'll give it a 1% chance. I guess my counter argument to that is Lamar is the offense. Like they can get younger at the position, but what he can do, we have never seen on a football field before, right? We have seen Michael Vick 
run and he was the most electrifying person in the early 2000s like he revolutionized that running quarterback Lamar's a better version of that because he can actually run better than Michael Vick because his statistics are proving that he's running better than Michael Vick but the dude can sling the ball my goodness can that guy sling the ball like he is the best dual threat quarterback we have ever seen touch the football field so he he is the offense if you put any of these other rookies with the offense that they have uh best of luck i guess uh he's also only 25 years old so like getting younger at the position you've still got five plus years of this guy you know playing at you know that top elite level before he gets into his 30s um you're not wrong though. You are not wrong about once they pay Lamar, the road to the Super Bowl is a lot harder because more of that cap gets taken up. Where are you cutting that from? Um, so I'll give you a one percent chance, but I think it's a huge overreaction. I think they they franchise tag him this year, year after, like let him play on franchise tags and you're still probably saving yourself guaranteed money, at least for the next couple of years while you evaluate how serious you are going for it. I think their Super Bowl window is in the next two to three years. Um, see where you're at there. And who knows, maybe you can get an absolute haul like the Seahawks are showing could be an absolute fleecing um who who would have thought we would have said that too like hey the Seahawks traded Russell Wilson and man did they fleece the Broncos for that <laughs> and they won that trade somehow how did they win that trade yeah so here's my overreaction my sky is falling moment which segues perfect into this um Russell Wilson actually sucks and he's washed up he's done he's not good as a quarterback anymore um, and I thought this you're the perfect person to bring this up to big baby or whatever Kyle has nicknamed him. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say that's an overreaction still. So dumb I'm, baby still has, has, he's still a good quarterback. Him. The biggest thing is like, and, and this could lean towards like you saying he's washed up. He's definitely, losing or has already lost his ability to run. He was a little more mobile tonight against the chargers than he has been the previous uh, six weeks this season. Um, but he's, he's definitely losing that, that ability, that, that escape ability too. Um, but he's still, he's still one of the upper echelon quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, I guess I'm giving him a, a, a bit of a pass uh, as well, being in a new system, new receivers, doesn't know how, them as how well. How much of a buffer zone does he get? Like, how much of a pass does he get? Until what week? I, if he keeps this up, what week do we say Russell Wilson actually sucks? Because oh. I, I had a friend of ours who was in our, our league. Uh, we were talking about Russell Wilson, and uh, this is where I got the idea from it um, just minutes before we actually went live. He, quote, I'll quote him on this. I said, does Russell Wilson suck now? He goes, he's a bottom 10 quarterback for sure. 
Wow. Which I was like, I thought it was a bit of an, like I was just playing around a little bit. I'm like, oh, wow. There's like, there's some merit to this. Like maybe he, does he actually suck? He's got so many freaking weapons. How is he not throwing for 400 yards a game? So what week? What week does dumb baby? I I, I think you got to give him at least half a season. So what is that? Two more weeks? Wow, two weeks to figure it out, Russ. I I, I, I just I, I also like I just know Russell. Like I know his his off season preparation. I and I know what he does. So and like he would spend the entire off season with his wide receivers, basically, just in the backyard throwing passes, running routes, getting familiar, building chemistry. And I don't know if he did that this offseason. I don't know if he had that opportunity to do that this offseason. And I don't know if that's affecting him uh, as far as like play and skill goes or if that's maybe just mentally affecting him um, and, and, and affecting his confidence. I'm not really sure. I, I was listening to the Richard Sherman and, uh, Marsh, uh, Richard Sherman podcast last week. He had Marshawn Lynch on and, and Marshawn was saying like, you know, like, like I'm worried about dog. He said, he's like, I, he's like, I want to check in with him. Like make, make sure that he's okay. Make sure that his mentals are okay. And that, you know, he's, he's not seeing all these headlines saying how much he sucks and all this and that. And that he's, you know, not reading too much into that stuff. He goes, and, and, Sherman's like, then do it. Like, give him a call. And, and Marshawn's like, no, nice. man. Like, if I can't call you directly and I got to go through your manager, I'm not going to call you. And I, <laughs> I thought that, like, I was like, what? Like, Marshall, like, also heard that. Russell Wilson makes guys go through his manager to contact him. And I'm like, did he? Maybe like, he's is, not the teammate everyone thinks he is. Is this, well, uh, I, I wondered, like, is this something new? Has he always been that way? Why, like, why does you know? Is he doing that to protect himself because of all the hate that's coming out? Because he left Seattle, is he doing that because all of a sudden he thinks he's so big time and you know he's Mister Because when Marshawn was still on the team, if Marshawn doesn't have his number, then he's been this guy for a while. Well, no, I and and that and that Marshawn didn't go into details if that was a thing in Seattle or not. He just said that's how it is now. Hmm. And that he has to go through his manager. All, all I know is like the let Russ cook, they are not letting him cook. Like he looks no. tentative to throw. Yeah. Like he has and that's why I'm saying, like, is it a confidence three thing? Three interceptions. Five yeah. touchdowns with three interceptions, and you paid this guy all that kind of money, and you are not letting him chuck it up. He but has they, they had no choice but to pay him. Their backs are against the wall after that trade. Well, of course, like, but you make that trade and you are ready to pay him. Like you are not paying that kind of capital um, to not give him a massive contract extension to keep him there. Like you're, you're an absolute fool. If you make that trade and you're like, well, let's just roll it week by week and see how it goes. Um, Yeah. Interesting. I just, in no universe in the multiverse, did I think Russell Wilson would be putting up like peasant quarterback numbers with Cortland Sutton, with Jerry Judy, with Hamler, with Tim Patrick, with Tim Patrick, Tim Patrick's out or Tim. He's out now, but like he's been out all season. Has he actually? Yeah. Well, I thought hmm. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he got hurt in training camp. Um, 
my, Still, my he's, last, he's got a slew of receivers. Last thing I'll say on it, skill-wise, overreaction. Um, I think it's a confidence thing. Uh, and and that something's something's going on mentally. Obviously, like you know, you, you can say he's hurt, which he is. Apparently he's got a, a injured shoulder or something like that but i'm not going to place it on on the injury i'm, I'm going to place it on uh on, on his brain and his uh his confidence and blame, blame it on the mentals all right you heard it here first blame russell wilson on the mentals um okay chris i do it every week and i'm not about to change that because i'm a creature of habit <laughs> you get the last word sir uh, yeah, thanks everyone for tuning in to another episode of the Ball Hawks podcast. Uh, of course, like I say every week, we really appreciate uh, everybody's support. Uh, so please keep tuning in. Uh, you know, if if you feel so inclined, check out these uh, these live shows when we throw them up on Twitter, on YouTube, on Facebook. Uh, join us on YouTube or Facebook if you want to be part of the conversation. Um, really appreciate it uh go subscribe to us on spotify apple leave us a rating leave us a review uh, i want to give a special shout out because i'm wearing their hoodie tonight shout out to our friends uh kate and michaela at the pnw showdown good friends of the show uh thanks again for this hoodie um that it's super comfortable i love wearing it so thanks girls uh and as always guys we will be back next week uh go give us a follow in the meantime over on twitter at ballhawks underscore pod and of course go hawks peace Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.